Pleased now to be joined by Mike Griffith. He covers Georgia for Dog Nation. He used to cover the University of Tennessee, did that for a number of years. Mike, how are you? Doing great, Jimmy. Thanks, man. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, you were on the podium today, the Steve Spurrier Award. Tell us about the uh, Spurrier Award. Yeah, Jimmy, this is an award that, that goes back almost 20 years. This will be the 20th year, and it goes to the first year coach there. Coach that's in his first year at a school. And Josh Heupel actually won this. He actually won this award a few years ago. Uh, Steve Spurrier won his own award. I needed a namesake. You know, sometimes you have an award and you don't really know, well, who do I name this after? And uh, I was having a conversation with Steve uh, last year, and he got to talking about the 1990 Gators. His first year in there, they were on probation, of course. So, But, uh, you know, he said, yeah, he's, I'm tired of these coaches saying they can't win right away. You know, that's just not true. You know, and he talked about what he did at Duke. And he talked about I said, you know, I think Coach Spurrier would be a great namesake and, and he took the ball and ran with it. And this has been in the works for over a year. And uh, it's interesting because I've never covered Florida. But obviously I covered Alabama and Auburn and certainly Tennessee and now Georgia. Uh, all, and, and I understand the impact that Steve Spurrier had. I mean, he, he's a guy that moves the needle still, Jimmy. I mean, we say his name and, and people's blood pressure still goes up. Or, or they get happy in Florida. I mean, that's an era. I mean, let's put this into perspective. Dan Mullen said yesterday... They were coming off a great season. They were 8-4 and four and lost their last three games. Do you think Steve Spurrier would ever classify a great season at Florida as 8-4 and four with three straight losses? Nope. They'd do better. It's what he would say, too. That's, exactly, that's how he'd say it. <laughs> um, I do want to ask you about this, the Georgia Bulldogs. So a lot of people picking them to win the East, a lot of people picking them to challenge Alabama for SEC supremacy. Uh, quarterback, J.T. Daniels, did, he was hurt when he got there. Mm -hmm. Do you think that Georgia was late in playing him, or did they handle this properly due to his injury? Man, hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, uh, do I think J.T. could have beat Florida? Yeah, I do. But, you, you know, there, there's a risk-reward there. The guy really couldn't protect himself from himself. Great athletes, when they aren't 100%, have a hard time dialing it down. Great competitors. And JT's that guy. As it was, if you go back and look at the last four games, and yeah, he was the highest-rated passer, returning passer in the country from November 21st on when he went for 400 yards on state. But he took a lot of hits. He got knocked yeah. down a lot against state. Missouri got to him. Cincinnati certainly got to him. You know, you put a guy like that out there for an entire season in the SEC and the clock's ticking, man. You know, we, we've seen that year in and year out. So I think it was the right decision. Being cleared and being ready are two different things. Medically, he's cleared, but the knee just wasn't quite right. The mobility was limited. You could see his mechanics were off as he tried to compensate for the knee not being 100%. This season, it's different, okay? He looked great in the spring game. Um, I think you're going to see a better, cleaner, sharper version. And, oh, by the way, he had spring football. This new offensive coordinator actually had time to work with the team. Last year, Georgia pretty much prepared four quarterbacks and had no spring. Mike, first of all, great to talk to you. Hope you're doing well. Um, but I do wonder, with Georgia having been so close, uh, having won an SEC championship under Kirby Smart, playing for a national championship, how difficult was it all things, of course, considered because COVID was swirling about, but how difficult was it for the fan base to watch Florida go to the SEC title game and tell what uh, has been Georgia's annual appearance in Atlanta? John, I'm having Tennessee flashbacks with that question. You know, Fulmer <laughs> went six times, and every other year we were having this discussion uh, with the Vols. Uh, it, it's, it's a lot like that. It really is. There's a parallel there when you take a look at, at how close Georgia, you know, look at Mark Rick's record. It's almost exactly the same as Coach Fulmer's minus the national title, but it's very similar. I mean, this is a team 
that is stacked with talent, uh, very good quarterback play, great expectations year in, year out, and and a hurdle in the way. Back in the day, it, it was Spurrier. Spurrier was that hurdle. Spurrier was Lane Kiffin's wit with Nick Saban's dominance back in the day. You know, now it, it's Saban, right? Now Saban and Alabama are that hurdle. So uh, there's a lot of fans that, and, and you've heard it before, John, that are kind of like, look, I don't want to hear it. We're tired of the expectations. you got to get it done. Uh, Kirby quoted some 19th century poet today. He's tired of answering questions about it. When Kirby starts quoting 19th, like he really looked hard for this answer. It's almost like, I've answered this every way I can. Let me throw some, poet, some poetry, some philosophical uh, junk at these people. Um, but, but, but a lot of Georgia fans are on edge. And, and Georgia in general... You know, the whole Atlanta Brave hangover kind of bleeds over, and then the Falcons didn't do him any favors with that historic Super Bowl. So now Georgia fans are, oh, woe is us. We can't. <laughs> Let's get over it. Get over This is the Georgia Bulldogs. This ain't the Falcons. That's a horrible franchise. The Braves gave you a lot of memories. We can't complain about the Braves. They were awesome. Okay, one World Series, but they were fun. Georgia Bulldogs are on the verge, John, and I think the excitement – probably outweighs the pessimism. Our guest, Mike Griffith, you follow his work with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and Dog Nation. You put together, breaking down the three biggest concerns and questions for Kirby Smart. I'll just ask you, what would be the biggest concern and the, uh, the, the most asked question, or the question that should be asked the most? Well, the left tackle spot, and, and it's so cliche, it's so cliche, John, but, but the whole point is you've got to have, as I said it earlier in this interview, You've got to have the trigger. You've got to have the quarterback. I mean, we, we, we know that. We all, we've covered enough football. We've seen it at every essay. You've got to have a trigger. And for Georgia, you have got to have number 18 upright at the end of the year. You've got to protect this guy. And the left tackle position is one where Georgia uh, you know, was spoiled with Andrew Thomas for years. Uh, Jake Fromm did a great job with pre-snap reads and getting rid of the ball. Never really got hit. Never really ran that much out of design. Uh, but you've got to protect JT. And so that left tackle spot... Uh, concerns me. Now, part of this is JT having to learn that, hey, look, you're not in the Pac-12 anymore. That defensive, over, that defensive end over there, he gets to you 1,001 quicker. I mean, he, he's going to run a tenth of a second faster and come off of that line. So, JT, if, you, if you're trying to throw the curl and you see that this guy's only getting chipped, you're not going to have the time. You've got to call audible off of that. You've got to check down. And we saw that in the spring game. So, left tackle, because we don't know who it is, and there's a lot of talent there, but we still don't know who it is. By the way, did you know, Jimmy, USA Today did a preseason All-SEC team. I want to point this out. No Georgia players on offense or defense, according to the USA Today network. On offense, really? or, no All-SEC players. He hit the punter. That was it. So think about that, John. So mm-hmm. Kate Mays made it, though. <laughs> How do you think the Georgia fans felt about that? <laughs> so, so the left tackle question, John, is kind of the root of the bigger issue of you got to keep JT Daniels alive. And, and the question that you should be asking, um, <laughs> I hate to go here, but it's, it's Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, JT, listen, we've seen, we saw a lot of great, fantastic Tennessee teams run into another team that was just a little bit better. And, and it's, that's how it works, right? And Georgia could have their best team ever. But if Saban can somehow, and this would be magical, Jimmy, if they can replace six first-round draft picks and Steve Sarkeesian and still – Win the SEC. I, I mean, it's something in the water at that point, right? So I'm just saying I think you've got to look at the competition level. One, keep your quarterback healthy, so offensive line, left tackle. Two, who do you got to beat? Who's coming out of the West? Alabama. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, Mike, I do want to ask you about this. Uh, George Pickens, a great talent, yeah. may not be back until October. How much will they miss him, and how much can uh, Eric Gilbert help? That's a great question, Jimmy, because, you know, Eric Gilbert would not be at Georgia if Pickens hadn't been down. You know, Georgia was really on Eric Gilbert when he went in the portal back in December, thought they were going to get him. He's a Marietta kid, five-star recruit. I think he had a cup of tea with everybody out of the portal, right? Actually committed to Florida for a month, and I know for a little bit there we thought Tennessee might get him too. But, uh, you know, Eric, once he realized that George wasn't coming back and the targets would be available, that's when Georgia was able to get in on him. Now, the interesting thing, he was a tight end at LSU, this 6'5", 248 guy. I don't know what he's cut down to now, but they're looking at him to play the X, which is the feature receiver position where George was lined up. And, you know, we're going to have to wait and see if he can actually play there. George has got a lot of options. The one thing that makes him unique, because 2019 LSU and 2020 Alabama, that is not the new norm, folks. I'm, I got news for you. You know, that's an outlier. Those are historically good receiving cores, and I just don't think we can expect that every year. But what Georgia has, Jimmy, is size, physicality, and they're going to create some difficult matchups. Now, as great as Jason Witten was, he wasn't good enough by himself. But Georgia's got two or three of these guys. Darnell Washington. This guy's 6'7", 285. I'm telling you, he's a game changer. Right? He's a guy that can change the game. Uh, we, we talked about Eric Gilbert being at the X. He's still going to be 6'5", 235, 240. And, oh, by the way, uh, you got this kid named Brock Bowers. They're comparing to George Kittle. Doesn't get talked about a lot. If you got an SEC fantasy football team, he'd be a sneaky good pick. He's a guy that can run the sne- seam route. He's a true freshman. Good speed. He's going to create matchup problems. You do got some legitimate flyers on the outside. Jermaine Burton had that 197-yard receiving game against State. Uh, he's a pretty talented guy. Uh, they got a guy named Donnie Mitchell. I believe uh, Tennessee fans might have heard of him, and he's really worked hard. He's fast twitch. He's another guy who could be a perimeter threat. And then Kiaris Jackson's your soldier. He's going to play out of that slot, make all the tough catches. And, oh, there's one more guy. Uh, this tells you how good they are. We're, we're at the end of the interview here, and I'm telling you about a guy that runs a 4-2-3-40. Arian Smith kind of shades at Leonard Scott, right? I mean, this guy's got some track speed. Can he haul it in? Can he catch? He probably only needs to catch a few to make difference in the game. So they've got a lot of options. Uh, and Eric Gilbert, certainly one of them now. Mike, surprised at all that is a quick look at the chief competitors for Georgia, perhaps climbing back to the top spot in the Eastern Division. Uh, Florida said goodbye to both of their big Kyles, Trask and Pitts. Um, mm-hmm. It was a little bit surprising to me and Jimmy that, that Dan Mullen brings two defensive players down to Hoover for SEC Media Days. Uh, what do you think of the Gators this year versus last, as well as which other teams in the East could give the Bulldogs any trouble? Yeah, well, well, first I'll just remind you, Arkansas and Tennessee led Georgia at halftime last year. So anything can happen, right? It depends on the kind of start you get off to. And, and as good as I think Georgia is, you know, I, I need to see it to believe it like everyone else, that they're going to turn JT loose. But uh, back to your question, I, Georgia, I, I think Florida's going to fall. They have to fall off. They have to fall off. I mean, Kyle Pitts was a generational talent. He was, he was an amazing player. I mean, you give it up. I mean, number four overall pick is a tight end. And Kadarius Toney, really talented guy to Mobile, Alabama, just, just did great things in space. Uh, you know, some nice concepts with picks and wheel route. Uh, and, 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 you know, Florida had a very, um, I don't want to use the word convenient, but I would say timely COVID break. You know, they only played one game in three weeks before Georgia, right? And so they were pretty rusted. Some of those breaks you get, they make a difference. When you play a team, can make all the difference in the world. 
I don't think Florida catches those breaks, Jimmy. And, John, you know, they play Alabama this year, first time in 10 years. They play the Tide. I think the Tide's going to roll them in Gainesville in September. That has a way of souring the season. Uh, could create some quarterback. Con- I see Florida having some real issues this year. I'm just going to say it. I just, I do. I think he brings the defensive guys, uh, recruiting, trying to make a statement. They were very erratic last season. You know, maybe trying to say, hey, we're going to play some football. The Gators going to play football. Okay, we're buying that. Uh, Kentucky is a team that's tough that, you know, they've come around and impressed me. I used to make jokes about Kentucky football, you know. I mean, it's a basketball state. I mean, but but the bottom line is I think Kentucky at the line of scrimmage now has earned a measure of respect, and that's a team that's going to line up and punch you in the mouth. I think you've got to give Coach Brooks some credit. You know, Drinkwitz at Missouri – you know, uh, the, you know the, the class nerd over there, maybe a little too smart for his own good last year. I don't know why in the world you're playing Georgia in a noon kickoff at home in cold weather. You got some sleeping dogs coming in, and you want to tell them they're going to be your measuring stick game? So a little bit more common sense from Coach Drinkwitz there, and maybe Missouri <laughs> can win a game and sneak up on somebody. I think they're always dangerous. We know Missouri can be a pain in the you-know-what. Uh, so, I, I, John, I don't see a... A declare, I don't see a number two that just jumps out. Tennessee, I mean, I, I, I like Josh Heupel. I'm bullish on Heupel. You know, I really am. I like what he did at Central Florida. I know that people can point to numbers and whatnot, but I'm optimistic that this team has the right attitude. I like some of the things Elante Taylor said. I remember interviewing the kid when he was coming in as a recruit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that Tennessee Vols, you know, there's, it's still Neyland Stadium. It's still Big Orange. That's, it still means something. They're going to they're gonna win a couple games. They're going to surprise some people this year. So I think the number two spot's wide open. Mike, we appreciate it. Good to catch up with you. Thank you for joining us, and I look forward to uh, having you on during the uh, regular season. Absolutely. Thanks, Jimmy. Thank you, John. Appreciate it, Mike. Mike Griffith with Dog Nation and AJC.